Welcome to Shekinah International Podcast. Our ministry reflects the five-fold ministry model Apostle Paul mentions in Ephesians 4, 11, and 12. Our podcast features leaders from multiple churches who are passionate about equipping Christians just like you to walk in purity and power, fulfilling your God-given purpose. God wants to do great exploits through you, so enjoy today's podcast. transparent you guys in these last few weeks or actually few months uh, as I say too often the struggle is real <laughs> uh, in fact the struggle has been real so much that I'm kind of sick of saying the struggle is real it's kind of funny but man when it's actually real it gets old quick it just it's just like this is stupid I hate the struggle if I say the struggle is real one more time and really mean that I'm going to lose my God-given mind for a few minutes. Just a few minutes, Lord. I might I might just throw a temper tantrum. But, of course, I'm going to praise you at the end of it. But, Lord, the struggle has been real. And um, it seems like trial after trial, tribulation after tribulation, attack after attack, thing after thing, the struggle continues to be real. And um, in the process of that struggle, the Lord has just been telling me, to not look at the struggle, but look at him. To not look at the struggle, but look at him. Here's the thing. A reality is this. Like, when we're going through stuff in life like that, sometimes, um, <laughs> my mom used to get mad at me for this because I used to do this a lot. Uh, but when the struggle used to get real, uh, I would just be like, it's not real, right? <laughs> it's not real because God, right? Which is kind of true in essence. But it is an essence. Okay, for example, okay, all right. I could say I'm not broke, right? But my bank account is saying something else. It's looking a little empty, you know what I'm saying? And then the bill's coming soon, so it's gonna look even emptier, which is the problem, you know? Or I could say uh, I, I see myself losing weight, right? But then I gotta work out, because when I step on the scale, and the scale is looking a little too far to the to the right. I'm like, okay, the struggle is real, right? <laughs> so the struggle is real. Like we can't we can't deny the struggles that we're having in life, but there is something that we can do to add to that equation, right? The struggle is real, but God is realer. But God is greater. We're not. It's not. Look. We're not supposed to just ignore it, right? Look at, the reality is, is the struggle is real. I'm going to say it again. But God is real. Say it one more time. But God is real. Okay, one more time. The struggle is real. I said, I said the struggle is real. But God is real. Amen. So now with that being said, too often we allow our circumstances to define our actions and not allow God to define our steps. Too often we, when the, when the struggle is real, it's in front of us, uh, we face that, we pay attention to that, and then we go to heaven but we're still looking at that. When God tells us to go to him and face the struggle from him to earth. It's not from earth to heaven. It's from heaven to earth. Too often we make it from earth to heaven. And you know, like, it, you know, when you think about the struggle, it's easy to think about it in a sense of like, um, just, just natural things. You know, it's easy to think about the bills. Okay, that's a clear struggle, you know, we all face or very obvious things, but even the unobvious things, the things that aren't really that obvious to us, like, um, okay, like for example, relationships, you know, like singleness, okay, loneliness, disappointment, uh, feeling guilty about, about how we're handling situations. We can look at situations and, 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 and see how, 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 we may not be handling it the way we imagine it should go, and then we start to feel that mm, 
of the narrative that, that, that's kind of creeping in. You know what I'm saying? We could have the past. We could be looking at the past. And then the, the devil starts bringing in some condemnation. There's all kinds of ways. Like, you know, like I said, when you think of the struggle as real, it's easy. Our minds tend to go directly to the big obvious things. But what about the unobvious things? What about the things that keep you up at night? What about the things that you're afraid to pray about? What about the things that you do pray about over and over and over again? What about the things that you find deliverance in, and then a couple weeks later, you're right back to it? What about the things that hunt your mind on a daily basis that nobody knows about? What about the things that you, you took to the altar in prayer, or you took that person, or you took that thing, or you took that situation to the altar in prayer, but it still continues to come back up. So when I say the struggle is real, it doesn't necessarily just mean financial struggles. It doesn't necessarily just mean the, the obvious things that kind of pop up, but it's the unobvious things that we really have to watch out for. It's the things that hunt us most. That's what I mean the struggle is real. But here's the thing. But God is greater. And what God desires us to do is to look at our struggles not from the place of where they are, because they are there, but from where he is to where they are. Amen? So let's uh, move to the, first, to the first verse here. It says uh, Ephesians chapter 2 verses 6. It says, And God raised up raised us up with Christ Jesus and seated us in heavenly realms in Christ Jesus. I'll read it again. And God raised us up with Christ Jesus and seated us with him in the heavenly realms. We need to allow God to take, like Brother Jaden was talking about in his testimony when he was, when he was going through the struggle last night, he went to his phone. <laughs> How easy is it for us to go to the easiest, quickest thing for comfort? Sometimes it's food. Sometimes it's phone. Sometimes it's friends. Sometimes it's family. Sometimes it's games. Sometimes it's activities. Sometimes it's exercise, you know? We go to things before we go to the throne sometimes. When we're seated in heavenly places, we see a heavenly perspective. Amen. Now, the next verse, it's uh, 1 John chapter 4, verses 17. By this love, by this is love perfected with us, so that we may have confidence in the day of judgment, because as he is, so are we in this world. So it's not only God's desire for us to be seated with him, but it's his desire for us to even become like him. Right? But watch this. We have to be with him to be like him. We have to be with him to be like him. The devil wants us to see it like it is. Right? Right? But God wants us to see it like heaven is. So the next verse I want us to go into is an example of how God sees the struggle. The, the skeletons in our closet. The skeletons that we hide. The skeletons that people see but we still choose to fight with it or whatever it may be. Uh, all of those things, you know what I'm saying? Uh, so could we go to the next verse, good, good brother there? Uh, Ezekiel chapter 37. Uh, we're going to go there. All right, repeat after me. Y'all ready? <laughs> the devil wants us to see the bones, but God wants us to see life. The devil wants us to see the bones, but God wants us to see life. When we read the word of God, 
we can see God's perspective. And as a child, we can take his perspective and put it into our situation. That's why it's important to read the word. So uh, Ezekiel chapter 37, verses 1 through 5 and 7 through 10. The hand of the Lord was on me, and he brought me out by the spirit of the Lord and set me in the middle of the valley. It was full of bones. He led me back and forth amongst them, and I saw a great many of bones on the floor of the valley, bones that were very dry. He asked me, son of man, can these bones live? I said, sovereign Lord, you alone know. Son of man, can these bones live? I said, sovereign Lord, only you know alone. Then he said to me, prophesy to these bones and say to them, dry bones, hear the word of the Lord. This is what the sovereign Lord says to these bones. I will make breath enter you and you will come alive. So I prophesied as it was commanded and as I was prophesying, there was a noise rattling, and the bones came together, bone to bone. I looked, and tendons and flesh appeared onto them, and skin covered them, but there was no breath in them. Then he said to me, prophesy to the breath. Prophesy, son of man, and say to it, this is what the sovereign Lord says. Come breathe from the four winds and breathe into these slain that they may live. So I prophesied as he commanded me and breath entered them. They came to life and stood up and stood on their feet as a vast army. Now, the very first thing I want us to recognize in this verse is this was a vision. We have to be near to the Lord in order to see what is on the Lord's heart. When we're going through the struggle, it's so easy to face the struggle, stay in the struggle, or run away from the struggle. It's so easy to face the struggle like just be just in it, just stuck and suck. Face the struggle, run away from the struggle, avoid the struggle, all kinds of different things. It's so easy. But God wants us to hear his voice, to see his perspective. When God spoke this, things didn't change instantly. Amen. It did not. But he was getting a renewing from the spirit. We need, when the struggle gets real, the first thing we need is a renewing of the spirit. Because if we don't get a renewing of the spirit, the struggle is going to continue to be real. The but God never happens. This is why I'm titling this sermon, Look Up and Then Forward. Look up and then forward. So the one thing that God has been teaching me in this season of uh, how the struggle has been real is three principles in how to stay in him so that I can overcome whatever the enemy is bringing at me, right? So there's three things that I want you to remember. His presence his presence, hearing his voice, and fellowship. Presence, voice, fellowship. Okay, say it with me. Presence, voice, fellowship. <laughs> okay, now, when the struggle gets real, I guarantee you, I'm going to say 9 out of 10, I'm confident. I'm going to say 9 out of 10 Christians go to this verse at least once in their life. 
Psalms 23, verses 1 through 6. Come on, somebody. How many, how, how many, can, can anybody say that when the struggle got real? Can you raise your hand? Have you ever read this verse? Somebody? Okay, we got three Christians. I guess the rest of y'all must be some patty cake. No, I'm just playing. I'm just playing. I'm sorry. Thou shalt not judge. <laughs> Only when I'm preaching, maybe. No, I'm just playing. Uh, but anyways, come on, somebody. Oh, there's four. Praise the Lord. <laughs> uh, Psalms 23, 1 through 6. The Lord is my shepherd. I lack nothing. He makes me lie down in green pastures. He leads me beside quiet waters. He refreshes my soul. He guides me along the right paths for his namesake. Even though I walk through the valley of the shadow of death, hallelujah, I will fear no evil, for you are with me. Your rod and your staff, they comfort me. You prepare a table before me in the presence of my enemies. You anoint my head with oil. My cup runneth over. Surely goodness, surely your goodness and love will follow me all the days of my life and I will dwell in the house of the Lord forever. The first point is presence, or in other words, being near him. You can't know the Lord as your shepherd to such a degree that you can truly say, I lack nothing, unless you're near the Lord to know that to be the truth. Okay, watch this. Have you ever met a person who there's something about them that just was like really, really epic and then you actually got to meet them and you're like, this person really sucks. I mean, they just, they just have a horrible, there's a horrible person. They have horrible ethics, horrible stuff. It's just horrible. <laughs> they open their mouth and they start cussing. You're like, oh Lord Jesus. I was not expecting that. Have you ever met someone like that, right? <laughs> The thing is, though, is this, is that, is that the Lord, you got to get close to really knowing. You can't know the Lord as a shepherd if you don't get close enough to see him as a shepherd. You have to see him as a shepherd to know him as a shepherd. Amen. He leads me besides quiet waters. You can't go, when a struggle is real, <laughs> You can only go by quiet waters if you're close enough to allow him to lead you. If the struggle continues to be real, it's because there's somewhere, it's either, I've, I've, I, this is something I firmly believe, it's either me or God. It can't be both. It cannot be both. It's either me or God. So if the struggle is real, okay, whatever, whatever, okay, the struggle is real. It's not, this is not saying the struggle is real because of you. That's not what I'm saying. What I'm saying is, is when the struggle is real, the reality of the struggle is just real. Uh, and it continues to be real, and you're calling out to the Lord, and you're not finding peace. It's because you're not near him enough. You're not near him in a way to where he can lead you to still waters. It's his heart to lead you to still waters, not when the struggle is over, but during the struggle. That's cool. <laughs> That is so cool. I love that. I love that. Oh, man, that's so cool. He refreshes my soul. He guides me along the right path for his name's sake. Listen, for his name's sake. Whenever you see the, if you read the Bible and you see for his name's sake, generally, almost every single time you see the word for his name's sake, something's bad happening, okay? Something's bad happening. Like, literally, it's like, God, for your name's sake. Come, you know, uh, or uh, quick verse, um, second, uh, gosh, I studied Chronicles, second Chronicles chapter 20, uh, when a struggle gets real and the Israelites are surrounded, they go to the Lord and they say, Lord, for your name's sake. <laughs> when the struggle got real for Joshua, Joshua went to the Lord and said, Lord, for your name's sake, you know what I'm saying? When the struggle got real for Moses, Moses said, Lord. For your name's sake. When Pharaoh was huffing and puffing and trying to blow the house down, they said, Lord Jesus, my house was made out of uh, uh, straw, but I gotta step into the into the brick house. Hallelujah. For your name's sake, Lord. Literally, whenever you see 
for your namesake. In the Bible, the struggle is really, really, really real, right? But watch this. Listen to the tone of this. There it is. <laughs> he guides me along the right paths for his name's sake. When you get close to the Lord, you have a reassurance. There's a reassurance of being in his presence. That I am going, that you can get down and get low. They will leave me nowhere crazy. The struggle is real. <laughs> I'm still single. <laughs> My bank account is still struggling. But you know what? Instead of me trying to figure it out, I'm going to follow him. if you're not in his presence. So if you're going through the struggle and yet there's that feeling of um, like you feel so vulnerable that you just, you feel alone, you feel afraid, you feel like something at a drop of the hat is going to break, get in his presence. There you'll feel secure. If you feel insecure, get in his presence. There you're secure. Even though I walk through the darkest valley, I will fear no evil, for you're with me, your rod and your staff, they comfort me. Come on, somebody. Amen. I mean, that just speaks for itself. Even in the darkest of the struggle, even at rock bottom, if I'm with him, I'm okay. If I, if I was to shut off all the lights in this building, <laughs> and it was pitch black outside, and there was one person with a flashlight, but it was, you won't be able to see unless you're close enough to see the path that they're moving toward, right? You're following the person with the flashlight. You're not just, ah, crap. If you're doing all that, it's because you're not near him. You're not in his presence, amen? Hallelujah. Second Corinthians chapter three, verse 17 says this. Now, the spirit of the now the Lord is the spirit. Where the spirit of the Lord is, there is freedom. If you feel like you are in bondage, get in the presence of the Lord. How do you do that? Shut up <laughs> and just start worshiping the Lord because the Lord draws near to those who worship him. It says. He dwells in the praises of his people. I, dwell means live. So when you, listen, when you, when you say struggle and you say God, he comes near you. All right? So some, the struggle is real. But acknowledging who he is brings you near to you. You're in his presence. And then watch this. Even though the struggle is real, there's this strange sense of freedom because like the word of God says, where the spirit of the Lord is, there's freedom. Okay? Here's one more for you. If you feel unloved, if you're feeling sad, depressed, if you feel unsettled, if you feel like you don't have control, if you are just getting so mad that you have lost all sense of kindness, okay, mamas? I'm going to be honest. Okay, real quick. Okay, okay. I promise myself I'm going to do rabbit trails. But listen, when I, when I've been raising my niece and nephews for the many years that I did, I don't know what it is. I'll be, I'm, I'm sorry, y'all. I'm going to have to confess. I have, I have said some choice words a few times. Because it's as if, for some odd reason, please ain't the password no more. It's get up, you know. It's like you gotta, you gotta flex, and that's the password. Why is what's happening? I don't know. I don't know. Sometimes you gotta flex, but but I gotta be like, Lord Jesus, I repent. All right, one more confession. When somebody cuts me off, okay, all right, I'm sorry. I'm just being real with y'all. 
When somebody cuts me off or do something really crazy in traffic, my first reaction, me jerk, is to scream. I promise. Like, get mad at them. Like, what are you doing? I'm not even joking. That's my knee jerk reaction. But I promise. Every time I do it, I'll scream and then I'll stop and I'll say, Lord Jesus. <laughs> Thank you, Lord, that they cut me off so that I can pray for them. Jesus, if they know you, I pray that they would draw closer. If they don't know you, I pray that you would chase them down, break down their pride to such a degree that they would receive you. And if they're like, you know, one of those kind of Christians, you know, Christians, like my mom was a Christian. I was baptized when I was a half-year-old Christian. You know, I said, God, God, help them to know you. Amen. I promise. I promise. My major reaction is to uh, <laughs> not walk in kindness. I'll be, I promise. <laughs> if you feel like there's nothing good happening in your life, if you feel like God is not faithful, let's just be honest. There are times in our life where we feel like God is not being faithful. There has been times. We got to remind ourselves. We got to go back to the word. You know what I mean? Like you feel it. I'm not saying you believed it. Sometimes we do. I'm not saying we believed it, but sometimes we feel that way. We feel like we've been forsaken, right? But we got to go to the word. You know, but let's just, let's just be real. There's been those times when you feel just angst. Watch this. Here's the secret. If any of those applies to you, guess what? The struggle is real. <laughs> but God is realer. Getting near to his presence changes everything. Watch this. Galatians chapter 5, 22 and 23. But the fruits of the Spirit is love, joy, peace, self-control, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness, and self-control against such things there are no law. When you get in the presence of the Lord, right, or in this, you know, the presence of the Lord, these things become a reality. They only become a reality when you get in his presence. If you feel unloved, get in the presence of the Lord, you'll feel love. If you feel unsettled, get in the presence, you'll feel peace. If you feel like everything's out of control, get in his presence, self-control comes. If you feel angry and you're yelling at somebody in the car and you're losing your mind just a little bit and then you pray for them, you ask the spirit to come, you start to feel kindness. You, if you're not feeling like a good person or you're not feeling good about yourself or you feel like nothing's good happening, get in the presence. Goodness will become a fruit and a reality of you. Watch this. To eat fruit, you have have to go to the tree. Come on, say that. I, I, I can't. Look, let's just say all of those are fruit. And I'm hungry for an apple. Okay, let's not use an apple. I'm hungry for an orange, okay? I'm like, I just want an orange. And there's an orange flag that represents an orange. And I'm just like, I want it. I believe it. I name it. I claim it. I have it. I am. Uh, so hungry for an orange. That's what's going to happen. But if I walk near the presence of the Lord, then I can receive an orange and eat from his fruit. If you want the fruit of the Spirit, you got to get in the presence of the Lord. Amen? Amen? So, one of the secrets the Lord's been teaching me, when a struggle gets real, if you want Psalm 23 to become a reality, if you, if you feel anything opposite of what his fruits are, don't name it and claim it. Get near him. Naming it, I can name for that fruit all day. But it ain't going to happen. But if I go to that fruit, I'm going to get it. Go in his presence. Shut up. Be quiet. Worship God. His spirit will come near to you. All right. John 17, 17. The next thing is the word. The word. The next key is the word. Hearing God's voice. <laughs> okay. All right. Girls, the painted scenario. All right. This is single women and not single women. I'm a painted scenario. Let's say there's a guy. Okay. He likes being with you. He loves being with you. Right? He likes sitting with you. He likes chilling with you. Right? But as soon as you start talking, Like, hey girl, I gotta go. I got, I got stuff to do. 
feel something. So he called up, and let's just say he finds. He's like, okay, you know, I just, you know, just. And then he come over, and he's sitting with you. He likes chilling with you. But as soon as you start sharing your heart, he walks away. Too often we love getting in the presence of God, but we do not like getting into hearing the heart of God. The next secret, and when the struggle when the struggle is getting real, the next important secret that we have to walk by is hearing the word of God, being near him and hearing him. John 17, 17. Sanctify them through your truth, your word is truth. We got to hear the word of God to know what's truth. You look at Matthew 11. When the devil kept bringing things up, he brought up the word. 11, I mean, Matthew 4, verses 1 through 11, excuse me. Uh, Matthew 4, 1 through 11. Whenever the devil brought it up, Jesus brought up the word. Whenever the devil begins to bring up things against you, whenever the devil begins to turn your mind towards how you feel, or turns condemnation, or turns shame, or turns anything that exalts itself over the word of God. We have to know God's heart. And if we don't know it, we got to search for it. We got to read that word. One of the most powerful, I, I, I just, oh, this scripture is so powerful. Proverbs chapter 6, verses, uh, Proverbs chapter 2, verses 1 through 6. This is me. Okay, this is something I just highly recommend you chew on. For the Lord gives wisdom. From his mouth comes knowledge and understanding. Solomon says over and over and over again, listen to wisdom, 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 listen to wisdom. Where does wisdom come? It defines it right here. From the mouth of God. He, verse 7, verse 7, he holds success in store for the upright. He is a shield to those who walk, whose walk is blameless. He guards the course of the just and protects the way of his faithful ones. Then you will understand what is just and right and fair and every good path for wisdom will enter your heart and knowledge will be pleasing to your soul. Dis discretion will protect you and understanding will guard you. None of those promises, all of those things that happens right there comes from what? His mouth. We got to listen to the word of the Lord. We got to be in his presence. We got to take time to listen. Not just, you know, the Bible, of course. But also, what he has to say now. Amen. Amen. Come on, somebody. Amen. All right, I got I got one more point for y'all. I'm killing it. I'm balling out today. Ooh, she see me now, uh -huh, uh -huh. She she was like, Oh Lord Jesus, Jamar, we gonna be here till five forty-seven, thirty-six. <laughs> you know they got the seconds now. Going to be here to 5, 47, 36. I got one more point. Hallelujah. Glory. God can do anything. If I can get this sermon this quick, then I tell you, mountains can be moved. Amen. Hallelujah. <laughs> the third and final point is fellowship. Okay? Now I want you guys to repeat after me. You ready? Presence. Word. Fellowship. Presence, Presence. Word, word, fellowship. Fellowship with God and other believers. Being in his presence and hearing his word is fellowship with God. But God didn't stop there, did he? He also wants us to be in fellowship with others. Uh, 1 Corinthians chapter 12, verse 12. Just as the body, just as a body, excuse me, Though one has many parts, but all its member, many parts, I'm quoting King James, naturally, the struggle. <laughs> just as, I got to really think about it because it's like, uh, anyways, just as a body, though one has many parts, but all its many parts 
form one body, so it is with Christ. We often attribute this to the body of Christ as a whole, the church, which is right, true, and just. But we are also a part of that body. And the thing is, is that there's not one part of the body that moves without another part helping it. Not one, not one part. And the, the body starts from the mind and literally works through the entire, the whole thing. If I want to use my finger, if I want to do this, this part and this part and this part all the way up to my brain has to do that together. There's not one joint that's moving in my body that another joint is, is just insignificant. It's just like whatever. You can take something simple like your knees. <laughs> your knees protect your body. You know what I'm saying? They might not move a lot, but hey, hey, you know, you know, I might be moving a lot, but praise the Lord, I got I got a, an apostle to protect me sometimes when I need it. You know what I'm saying? I'm just saying. I'm just saying. Just as the as, as 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 a body, the one many we have many parts, and all the parts they work together. Proverbs twenty seven verse seventeen puts it like this: As iron sharpens iron, so one person sharpens another. Oh yes, Proverbs twenty seven verses seventeen. If we so, man, listen. <laughs> You can be in a presence all the time. You can even be reading the word all the time. But when you walk out of fellowship, he's going to be dull. No matter how spiritual your sword looks, no matter how many embroilments are in your sword. You know, I, I had a privilege of, uh, of, of walking with the prophet of God, powerful man of God. He is a powerful man of God. Man, my man was is a powerful man of God. And he prayed 467 hours of the day. I'm not even joking. I'm serious. I don't even know how he had a job as much as that man prays. I'm like, Lord Jesus, I gotta step up my game. He makes me want to hustle a little harder. You know? And um, I also got to see a privilege because he has an online ministry. And I had the privilege of watching him tend to this ministry. And when you hear his heart, it's so jaded. It was so fatherless. There was no fathering heart. There was no shepherding heart. There was a, I can't stand this dude. I just, I just say, I can't stand this dude. He always calling me somebody. Go deal with it. Stop. Be a man. What? <laughs> wow. <laughs> Listen, we as men cry out to God, right? Right? We are called to reflect God's heart. If the struggle gets real for me. What am I going to do? Get on my knees. Why is he keep, Why is he going back to his pastor? Ooh, the struggle is real. The struggle is real. It's because he's, he needs to be taught how to go to the Father. But instead of teaching him, he shuns him. Why is that? Because he, did, he skipped the fellowship training. And now because he's, he, 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 sharp, he strengthened his gifts, but he didn't strengthen his relationship. And the way you strengthen your relationship with God is not just with God, but it's with others in the hard times and the good times. I pray that he, he, he learns. I believe he's going to learn his lesson, amen, but that's just the reality. Now watch this. 1 John chapter 4, verses 11 to 12. Dear friends, I'm going to say it again. 1 John chapter 4, verses 11 and 12. Dear friends, since God so loved us, we ought to love one another. No one has ever seen God, but if we love one another, God lives in us and his love is made complete in us. He might be in his presence all the time. He might pray all the time, yada, yada, yada. It's crazy because it's, the Bible says his love will not be complete because his love is, in, is made complete in fellowship. And so if we, when the struggle gets real, let's just kind of do a quick review in closing. 
Okay? When the struggle gets real, we have to be seated in heavenly places to see from a heavenly place. Amen? Watch this. Uh, Jesus said, this is how you pray. Let's get back to the basics. Our Father, who are in heaven, holy is your name. Your kingdom come, your will be done on earth as it is in heaven. The first thing Jesus does is he goes to the Father, who are in heaven. So he, he places himself where? In heavenly places. Or as we are called, as it says, we're seated in heavenly places. We have to be. Yes, the reality is, saints, that we are seated in heavenly places, but we have to go to the heavenly place to receive from the heavenly place. Too often we just say, I'm seated in heavenly places. But guess what? You won't receive from heavenly places because you don't go to heavenly places. You won't receive the fruit because you won't go to the fruit. If I want a flat, I got to go to a flat. If I want a sit, I got to go to the chair. If you want to be come on, somebody. Come on, baby. Say it. Say it. Our Father, who are in heaven, right? Now, first you go to heaven and you sit in heavenly places. And then you look at God. And then you begin to say, Oh. Oh. You just had a whole weight.
and he shows you his kingdom. He shows you the fruits of his kingdom. Supplications, tell him how you feel, but don't stop there. Look at his holiness then. Watch this. Be anxious for nothing but in all things through prayer and supplication with thanksgiving. Right? Then the peace of God that surpasses all understanding shall guard your hearts and minds. If you ain't having peace, it's because you're not in his presence. Tell him how you feel. He, he wants to. He says, I want to hear how you feel. Tell him, but don't stop there. Look at him until holiness becomes real. Read his word until, until the truth sets you free. Get in a fellowship. Tell your brothers and sisters how you're feeling and, and be real and transparent with somebody and watch the love of God be made complete in you and all of this comes. From being in his presence, being in his word, and being in communion and fellowship with the saints. And so, one thing in closing, hallelujah. I did pretty good. I did really good. I ain't, thank you, Lord. Amen. You know, listen, listen, listen. <laughs> I'm talking about time wise, truth be told. I'm sorry. Uh, the Holy Ghost sounds good when he's speaking through me. I don't know about, I know about you too. He sounds good when he's speaking to you. But Lord Jesus, I say this all the time. I'm going to say it again. I'm going to say it a hundred thousand more times. The Holy Ghost sounds good when he's speaking through me. Thank you, Holy Spirit. So what we do here at Shekinah, and we want to make this a part of our culture, is a culture of activation, revelation, spiritual gifts, and process. Activation is the process of making something active or operative, right? Revelation brings responsibility. Okay? Activation is the process of making something active. Revelation brings responsibility. Spiritual gifts, they can be taught, caught, and activated by faith. And the process Revelation comes through all the five senses. Interpretation is key. Ask, don't assume. Okay? Ask God, ask what God wants you to do. Don't assume. Too often we'll look at our past and we'll say, well, he, you know, God wants us to look at the victories of the past, but he wants to bring victories today too. Okay? Amen. And so... Activation, I'm going to say it again, the process of making something active. Close your eyes. I want you to say this three times. Presence. 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 And the 
the struggle is real, when your joy is attacked, when your peace is attacked, when any of the fruit, when, when those things are attacked, get in his presence. Say, God, teach me how to get in your presence when I doubt you. Teach me how to get in your presence when I'm disappointed. Teach me how to get in your presence when I'm afraid. Teach me how to get in your presence when things don't go the way that I thought they should. Teach me how to dwell in the secret place of the Most High. God, Teach me how to dive into your word. I don't want to be that guy who just goes in your presence but hates to hear your voice. I want to be the guy that goes in your presence, loves your presence, and loves your voice. In the places where I don't know, Teach me through your truth. Your word is truth. Oh God, help me not to just say I love the things you love, but help me to love the things you love. You died for the body. Help me to love them in fellowship with you. We all want to be in a relationship with God. Think of it like being in a relationship with a person. I know that's, that's, that's a, you know, small, but think about it. You want somebody to love being with you, and you love being with them, like a click. You want someone who loves to hear your heart and who you love to hear their heart. And you want somebody who loves the things you love and vice versa. He loved the body so much he died for it. Activate in me a new knee-jerk reaction to go to you instead of the things that I used to go to. All right, pray this with me. I'm not just going to say I receive you. But I'm going to go and sit and dwell where you are. Yeah. Just keep your heart there. Listen. Don't be that Christian that's always naming it and claiming it and never actually claims it. Naming it and claiming don't get you nothing. Going to the fruit is what gets you something. Sitting down is what gets you something. Now, I hope that you guys have a revelation that when the lies become loud, when the struggle gets real, when life gets shaky, I hope you have that revelation to go to his word, to go to his presence, and to go to fellowship. Revelation brings what? Responsibility. Revelation brings responsibility. Amen. All right. And uh, I'm going to read this. Revelation comes through all five senses. Interpretation is key. Don't assume. Ask. Don't assume you know how to handle situations. That's called the flesh. Ask. Don't assume you know what to say when something happens. Get in his word. <laughs> Get with people. Get in his presence. Amen? So, uh, in closing, I'm going to just say a prayer. Father, we thank you so much for uh, your Holy Spirit. You're always good to us. I thank you, Lord, that you're with us in every season, Lord. I thank you, as your word says, 
uh, in Psalms 30, 139. When we make our bed in hell, <laughs> you're with us. Lord, in other words, when we make our bed in a place of uh, uh, literally running away from you, where we're just mad at you so we won't talk to you, where we uh, preoccupy our minds. Jesus, thank you so much that you're still waiting for us. Even at our worst, you're waiting for us. Even when we will be ultimate sins in our own hearts, you're waiting for us. Jesus, thank you for waiting for us, God. God, I just pray that you would come and make this a reality that when the struggle gets real, you're realer. Help us to sit in heavenly places. Help us to sit long enough to be in your presence. Sit long enough to hear your voice. Sit long enough to, to know who to, who to move for our hearts to a fellowship. We give you the praise. We give you the glory, God. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Hallelujah. Yes, please. Go ahead. Thank you for listening today. Take a moment and ask Holy Spirit what He wants you to do with what you've learned. And remember, with God, all things are possible. So keep dreaming, keep praying, and simply obey. Because God is good, and He has good plans for you. You can subscribe to our blogs, learn about our speakers, and even hear from one of our team members how you can take part in transforming a city your city with Christ. There's no time like the present. Visit ShekinahOnline.com. 
If this doesn't excite you, watch for our new and God-inspired product line, a newly released book by Stephanie Butler, and more testimonies from our listeners like you, working to bring unity in cities across the world. If you feel led to support our podcast, you may do so on our Shekinah.com website. Or if you would like to support us monthly, there is a link labeled Listener Support on every podcast. Until next time, we thank you, we love you, have a blessed day.